Join with me in prayer. Father God, I want to thank You for Your Word. Lord, that is active and alive, and even as we open it here this morning, we might say, what does this have to do with me? But Father, I ask that through the power of Your Spirit that You would speak to us. That Your words, through Your Spirit, may ring in our hearts, ring in our ears, and that we may walk from here today changed because we have heard from You. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I am thankful for the opportunity to be speaking this morning. And, uh, you know, one of the greatest challenges, I believe, of Berlin, what are you doing? Berlin, can, can you just stop, please? You know, it's Pastor's Appreciation Month. I just want to draw your attention to that. And, you know, Verlin's not up here preaching today, so he wants to be a distraction because I'm not a pastor anymore. And, and you know, I believe that's really what's behind this here. So, Verlin, can you just please stop? You and Matt, stop playing. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else have anything to throw, or does that come further on? You know, what I find in my Christian life, one of the hardest things is distractions. You might say, okay, we just read the Word, here we go. And then somebody's throwing balls down the middle of the aisle. And you go, what's going on? You know, one of the hardest things I believe for a church is not to get distracted from what's truly important. One of the hardest things for us as individuals as we go throughout our daily lives, living out our Christian faith, is not get distracted to take our eyes off of Jesus and on to so many other things. And Satan just loves, loves. And, and I dare say, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I wonder how many of you are saying, you know what, I'm here, but I am very distracted. My mind, my body's here, but my mind is elsewhere. I'm going here and there and everywhere in my mind. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, as we've been going through the book of Nehemiah, and we've been talking about the church, rise up and build. Can we please shut off cell phones as well? For goodness sake, that wasn't even planned. All right? Just do it. I'm not going to make the person stand up whose cell phone it was, but it was right back there, just in case you're wondering. But as we've been going through the book of Nehemiah, we've been looking at rise up and build. But the challenge that has been faced all the way along through the book of Nehemiah is not getting sidetracked from what's really important. And as Eric read that passage for us this morning, I I want us to dig into this passage this morning and look at some of the things that were thrown at Nehemiah in chapter 6 
of saying, Nehemiah, I, I, I want you to go here. I want you to go there. I, I, I want you to, to take a look. And, and Nehemiah, I want you to step aside from this, and I want you to go here. So we're going to look at three things, and then we're going to look at how do we stay focused. So let's, I hope your Bibles are still open, and it begins here in verses 1 through 3. There, there is the attack that comes to Nehemiah of compromise. Compromise. And at this point in the building program, it says the walls were basically finished. The only thing that was left to do was the gates. They were, they were kind of on the home stretch. They didn't have much to do. And it says here that Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, you know, they had opposed everything the Jews had done up to this point, hadn't they? They had done everything they could to trip them up. And now we come to this point where they say, Nehemiah, why don't you just come out and meet with us? You know, like, we'll, we'll uh, sit down and have a meal together and we'll enjoy some time together and we'll talk about how we can work better together as we, as we go forward. Why, why don't you just come out? And, and I want you to look in verse 2. Look at verse 2 right there. And Eric did a great job and he should be commended for all the words he had to pronounce. But it's said in the plains of what? What does it say there? Oh no. And that should be Jeremiah or Nehemiah's first indication not to do this. Oh no. We're meeting where? Oh no. I'm not going there. And it's this come out and meet with us. Come, come just be with us. Four times they had come to Nehemiah. Come meet with us halfway between Jerusalem and Samaria. Kind of middle ground. Come, come meet with us. There's no harm in it. Come, meet, come on. They sounded sincere. They sounded like, okay, let's, let's work together from here on. Let's, let's make this right. But Nehemiah knew better. See, compromise can be a good thing when it's among people who love each other and have the same purpose in mind when you compromise your biblical convictions, you're about to fall. See, Nehemiah here had great discernment. And in verse 3, we read this, I'm doing a great work and cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Nehemiah makes a, an incredible statement here. He's saying, essentially, I've got better things to do. I've got things that are more important in my life than this. I'm not going to leave what's most important in order to do lesser See, the temptation of compromise is, I'll just give a little. Temptation of compromise is to say, you know what? It won't really matter that much. Temptation of compromise is to say, well, nobody really will know and it won't hurt anybody. The temptation of compromise is when we know God's line is here and we begin to just kind of do a little bit of a drift. 
And soon we find ourselves in a place we never thought we would be. Temptation to compromise is for us to forget what's really important. You know, for us, for believers in Jesus Christ, what is the most important thing? What is the most important thing? Sorry, I'm having troubles with this here. What is the most important thing? We can't allow ourselves to be distracted from the call that God has given us to make disciples. To become more Christ-like. We can't allow ourselves, whether in time, in money, in anything else. You've heard the purpose statement that is, has been uttered from this pulpit the last few weeks. It's all about us becoming deeper more committed disciples of Jesus Christ. What is the most important thing for you? Is it your job? Is it your relationships? Is it sports? Is it our children? I'll just fade a little bit. See, the temptation for Nehemiah here was just come meet with us. Something lesser important versus what's truly important. How much time do you spend a day in God's Word? Reading it, listening to it, listening to preachers, meditating upon it. How much time do you spend on Facebook, on Instagram, on your news feed? You see, the challenge for us today as a church, as individuals, is for our time to begin to compromise and say, oh, just. What's the most important thing to you? I love Nehemiah's statement. Verse 3, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm doing what God has called me. And I'm not going to compromise. Second thing is an attack through rumors. An attack to distract him through rumors. We see here that they came four times to him asking, won't you come and meet with us? Won't you come and meet with us? Won't you come and meet with us? Won't you come? And then the fifth time, they send an open letter. An open letter. Well, what did an open letter mean at that time? Well, typically a letter that was sent from one place to another would be rolled in a scroll and often a seal put on it in wax and then it was sent to the individual. Or it would be wrapped in another piece of paper, almost like a gift. That's what was done with that. But an open letter... Here, 
Joe, can you hand this to Sarah, please? And Joe goes, oh, oh, Sarah. Oh, Sarah hands it to Sarah in the next row. Oh, oh, Sarah hands it. An open letter meant others knew what was in the letter. (laughs) And so this time they send an open letter. And what does that letter say? Well, we see here in verse 6, it uses this phrase, and some of your translations may use a different word here, but it starts off with, it is reported among the nations. One translation I was reading in preparation, it says, it is rumored that. It is rumored that. And what was the rumor? Well, the rumor was that the Jews were building the wall so they could rise up against the king. And not only rise up against the king, the rumor was that Nehemiah was doing this so he could become king. Sounds like a pretty good plan, doesn't it? Sounds like it might be even possible. You ever notice rumors often have a little bit of truth in them? Gossip sometimes often has just a little bit of truth in it. But then it goes further. Gossip is incredibly powerful. It's very easy to spread. Rumors. I faced something this past summer that I have never faced in my life and it was quite devastating on a number of areas for me, honestly. Something that I would never want to go through again. I run a non-for-profit called Bridge to Hope and one of the men, a 24-year-old young man, committed suicide. One of the guys that was a part of the program. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details. I'll save that for another time. But it was very interesting how people in the community grabbed a hold of that. Within 24 hours, Facebook was alive <laughs> on who I was, what I was doing, what I wasn't doing. <laughs> the attacks were pretty vicious. One even said, I couldn't even eat with pigs. Where the heck did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> but it got real personal. It got real personal. Towards my heart, my ministry, my time. They didn't go as far as my family, but they came close. I responded to one attack, <laughs> the primary one, and everything I said was used against me. And meanwhile, I'm going through this, having lost this 24-year-old young man that was a part of our program. You know, I couldn't set those people straight. They wanted to believe what they wanted to believe about me. There's nothing I could do. Absolutely nothing I could do. The challenge of gossip is the words that are out there can't be taken back. People will believe what they believe. People who know me, know my heart, know who I am, know what I do. People who don't, 
now believe something else about who Wade Smith is. It hurts. It's hard. And there was days, especially in that first week, where I said, is this worth it? Talk about a distraction from what I feel God has called me to do. Is it worth it? Maybe I am that person. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe you start to entertain those rumors and that gossip and you just... It's interesting that Nehemiah, as he's attacked through rumors, and the distraction comes, in verse 9 he makes this statement, but now, O God, strengthen my hands. <laughs> Nehemiah, you have a hidden motive. You want to be king. Nehemiah, you're doing all this for selfish reasons. Nehemiah, they're probably slipping you a little bit under the table, aren't they? It's all about the money. It's all about the power. It's all about the pride. It's all about... And he doesn't spend a lot of time arguing with them, does he? <laughs> you notice that in these passages and these distractions? He doesn't go after them and spend a lot of time. In a very short prayer, he says simply, God, <laughs> strengthen me. Strengthen me. He goes back to the source. Where's his focus? First distraction. Where's his focus? The task at hand. Second distraction. Rumors. Innuendo. Where's his focus? God, strengthen me. Give me what I need. Nehemiah has a deep sense of true identity. He knew who he was. He knew his focus. He went back to the one that really mattered. Then there's a third and final attack. His attack through intimidation. Attack through fear, in fact. Verses 10 through 13, we find this here. And it says that he went up to the house of Shemaiah doesn't say what his relationship, Nehemiah's relationship was with him, but for some reason he went to that house. It doesn't say he was a friend. He doesn't say that somebody said, ah, you should go there. And Shemaiah gives this message to Nehemiah and he says, Nehemiah, they're going to come and kill you. And I want you to go hide in the temple with me. Makes sense? Somebody seeking after your life? You're going to go hide, right? He says, I want you to come hide in the temple with me. And the incredible thing is that the discernment that he had. Nehemiah knew, Numbers chapter 7, it says, The outsider and the non-Jew who comes near shall be put to death. He's remembering when King Uzziah tried to invade uh, a part of the temple and he was stricken with leprosy. Nehemiah knew the Word of God. He knew where he stood according to God's Word. 
more than ever before, it's imperative that we know God's Word and where we stand. More than ever, Nehemiah had to keep his focus. You know, for Nehemiah, it was more than building a wall. 52 days, building a wall. Here to the fort, correct? Wasn't, isn't that? Pastor Danny and Pastor Berlin have said that about here to the fort. That's how big it was. 52 days. It would have been easy for him to become fearful. They're going to kill me. It would have been easy for him to say, I give in. I quit. I've had enough. This isn't worth it anymore. You ever felt like that? God calls you to something and you go, I'm fearful what others think of me. I'm fearful for the repercussions for my family. I'm fearful for... You ever been there? It's interesting here. Nehemiah, at all costs, even his own reputation. You ever felt really alone? I mean really alone. I mean really, really alone. There you go, there's nobody else that knows, there's nobody else that cares. <laughs> there's this fear that comes over to you that nobody else understands. There's this fear that comes over you that says, you know what? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's not worth it. Maybe even your faith. And there's a heaviness that exists. God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When will He leave you? Never. He's with you. He's walking with you. Believe it or not, the world needs us to stand strong and stay focused on what's really important. There's three things I want to bring up briefly that Nehemiah did in order for us to stay focused. The first thing is recognize the reason for the attack. Why was he being attacked? It wasn't about the wall. He was being attacked because these men wanted what he had. The power. They, they wanted to overcome him. Recognize the reason for the attack. When you feel attacked, when Satan is at your door saying, whispering lies from others, or when you feel like, you know what, you're starting to get distracted, we need to stop and recognize the reason for the attack. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, In order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of the schemes. 
Satan's going to do everything he can to distract us from the things that are important to God. Sorry, Bob, I know I'm giving you a nightmare back there. Everything that comes across your path to take you away from what's really important, what God has called you to, is Satan. And we need to recognize the reason for the attack. He, he wants to distract you. Some of you this morning maybe needed to hear this message, but your mind has been else, elsewhere on that little child that's been up there playing. And I don't have a problem with kids being in here. That's not what I'm saying. Or that teenager that won't get off their phone. Or, or adult by that means. But we need to recognize the reason for the attack. We need to respond in truth. Nehemiah time and time again responded with truth. He didn't argue. He didn't go on for chapter after chapter. <laughs> he just said, I'm going to focus on what's important. I'm not willing to go there. I'm going to finish the task that God has given me. Warren Wearsby said, Christian leaders must know how to handle false accusations, vicious letters, unfound press reports, and gossip. Otherwise, these devilish weapons will so upset them that they will lose their perspective and spend so much time defending themselves that they will ne neglect their work. Nehemiah didn't make that mistake. He simply denied the reports, prayed for God's strength, and went back to work. He knew that his character was such that no honest person would believe the false reports. If we take care of our character, we can trust God to take care of our reputation. In Isaiah 53, verse 7, it talks about how Jesus didn't even utter a word <laughs> to the accusations. Sometimes our only response is silence. Silence. Isn't it hard when you're being attacked <laughs> not to come back at them? Oh yeah? You want to go? Hmm. Thirdly, pray for strength. And we've already talked about that. When we're being distracted, Nehemiah here did the thing that we all ought to do is simply pause. Say, God, I need your strength. I need your strength. I need you here, God. Can't do this. I'm getting distracted from what's truly important, the task at hand. And I need you, Lord. I need you to give me, in this moment, what I need. I wonder how many of us have allowed the world to distract us. That we've lost our focus. I know how hard it is for Pastor Danny, Pastor Verlin, for Carla, for Danny, when the words of 
discouragement come. Pastor Danny's up here pouring out his heart. And the first thing when he steps down here is somebody comes up and goes, Distracting? Yes. How hard it is, and I'm going to get personal here, <laughs> because I can. How hard it is as a pastor, because I pastored here for a number of years, to be able to look out when you're preaching and there's people that won't look at you. <laughs> Distracting? How hard it is when <laughs> when we feel a direction that God is calling us as individuals, as Christians, friends and family around us. What are you doing? <laughs> hard? Distracting? My challenge to us as a church, the Oswego Alliance Church, but as a church, you being individuals, is to stay focused. Stay focused. What is God calling us to? What is God calling you to as an individual? Become more like Christ and make disciples. That's the call on your life. Are you focused? Or have you allowed others to come in and sway us to get our focus here instead of here? hard for Nehemiah and it's hard for us but I think in what he says in chapter 6 gives us some rails to run on let's pray Father God I want to thank you that you are a God that knows you know where our hearts are at this morning you know that there's so many things to pull our minds, our, our finances, our, <laughs> our time away from You. Lord, may we stay focused on what is truly important. May we, may we recommit ourselves this morning to say, God, I've been distracted. I, I've been going here or there. I've been called away by friends to go places I know I ought not. I, I, I have been discouraged by the gossip that's there. And what others are saying about me, I've allowed it to be true because I've been sucked in. I've been in a place where, God, I've just lost my focus. God, may we recommit ourselves wholeheartedly to say, God, we're yours. We're yours. And I just want to be about you and what you're calling me to do. And I pray this in Jesus' name.